Hello, my friends. I hope you're safe and in a good place, both physically and mentally, while listening to this podcast. Now, for your health and the health of others, please mask up in public areas. Show that you have the discipline to end this pandemic. As you know, I work at the University of Wyoming, and the only place where I don't have to wear a mask, which I'm okay with, is just in my office. Like when I'm sitting alone in my office, I don't have to wear a mask, but everywhere else, including outside walking around, you got to wear a mask on campus. And I took a walk today and more people without masks outside on campus than with them on. And this even goes for visitors coming to the University of Wyoming. It's a fully masked university. Those are the only exceptions are that you don't have to wear it in your own office with a closed door or in a dorm room by yourself with a closed door. Those are the only exceptions, but yet it's not getting out to people. They don't understand. There needs to be like signage. There needs to be your boss is telling you what's up. But until we get to that point, I'm going to keep masking up. So that's just me. And uh, if you don't already have a face mask with a breathing valve with washable reusable anti-dust cycling covers, you should get some. I feel like I can breathe so much better than just that cloth covering a lot of people have. They come in different colors as well. And I've seen someone's advertised with like sports teams and such. So it's the way it's becoming fashionable and you can breathe a whole lot better with these uh, vent covers than just that cloth covering, I feel. Uh, so you should check it out. I know some people are like, oh, those look hardcore. Well, do you want to be comfortable? You know that this pandemic's not going anytime soon. So we need to be comfortable wearing face masks and might as well look cool while wearing them. Huh? You know what I'm talking about? And be able to breathe. So if you're an anti-masker, stop that. Join the winning team and mask up. Now, folks, in this podcast, I get a little fired up about the subject of masking up. And, well, I do take us on a few different tangents during the interview as well. So strap in. I may ruffle your feathers. Now, today's guest is Melissa Prado. If you know either of us, you're probably wondering how we know each other. She lives in California and I live in Wyoming. Now, we both took different journeys to get to where we are these days. But you know mine, here's Melissa's story. Here's her journey. small town in Northern California called Wairika. It's just north of a town called Mount Shasta, which is just west of a mountain, <laughs> Shasta. <laughs> gotcha. uh, Wairika is actually called White Mountain in, uh, in, a, in a native language called Karuk. So yeah, Wairika, California. And so uh, were your parents native of that area? Did they meet there? How did they get together and create Melissa? And make it happen? Yeah. No, they were not from there. Actually, uh, my mom was born in Sacramento. My dad was born in Texas. Wow. Uh, my dad, when he was younger, ended up moving to the Sacramento area because his stepdad was in the military. 
and so they ended up in the Sacramento area because of um, his dad being in service. And my mom, her dad, had also been in the service, but they had since left. Uh, they, they went all over. They were in Southern California for uh, a chunk of her childhood, and then they were. she was in Japan for a chunk of her childhood. They were really all over, um, and she ended up back in Sacramento, and that's how she met my dad at a drive-in movie theater of all places. He, he saw her and put his hands over her eyes like you do when you sneak up on your friends. <laughs> he was playing the Guess Who This Is game, and she went through – a number, I guess a large number of boys, and before he finally put his hands down, he said, okay, no, you don't know me. Uh, Maybe I shouldn't know you because you literally just rattled off 50 guys, but (laughs) I'm going to take a shot. Yeah, so that's basically how how they ended up dating. There's, you know, twists and turns in in their relationship, as many relationships, but it's it's a pretty good story. That is, that is, definitely. Like, rattle off a bunch of names, I'll be like, whoa, okay. (laughs) <laughs> but it worked, yeah. so it's a great story. Like yeah. it's a great yeah. icebreaker. Yeah, like, you're okay sure. with hearing a few names. That yeah, for sure. for sure. And so they met in Sacramento and then moved to. Wasn't even that time to get. Well, Wairika. Well, Wairika. part of the story was she was actually uh, engaged to a person in the Navy, oh. and so she said, "Well, because he said." When he finally gave his name, he said, well, it's your future husband. And she was like, well, that's going to be a little bit difficult because I'm currently engaged. (laughs) So they they developed a friendship pretty quick. She went on to marry um, the the person who was in the Navy and had two kids with him. Yeah, had two kids with him. My dad went on to marry, and he had three kids with his first wife. And it was after, oh, goodness, probably 15 years, I guess, when both of those marriages had dissolved, when they reconnected, and they had, you know, sort of, you know, ended those relationships and were ready to start something new. And my mom was ready to move out of the Sacramento area. She she stayed in that area, and also I think she lived um I think she lived in Florida for a little while, but decided that they wanted to leave the Sacramento area with their then you know five kids, her two boys and my dad's three boys. And she didn't want to raise kids in the city, so she literally, again, you know, put a blindfold on and put her finger on a map, and she it landed in Siskiyou County in this little town called <laughs> Etna, actually, which is right near Wairika. So that's how. And then a couple of years later, I came to be. <laughs> so how much older is your next sibling than you? Oh, gosh. Uh, that would be my brother, Sunshine. Uh, yeah, there's, there was that phase. <laughs> my I, brother Sunshine. My parents are ex I could have been a moonbeam. So I'm all right. Dustin yeah. worked out for me. Right, <laughs> right, right. Sunshine, um, how, how much older than you? I am in my early 40s, and my brother Sunshine is almost 50. So okay. nine, nine year difference, I guess. Or no, yeah. Yeah, I think there is a nine year difference. So maybe he's 50, maybe he is 51. I think so. Yeah. And the rest go all the way up to 55 or 50. Yeah, 55 is my oldest brother. Okay. I, yeah. My oldest sibling's six, and then it's me, and then I have an 11-year-old, 11 different years between my sister, youngest yeah. sister. And so, but my mom was like, she got married three times, oldest sister first. Then my dad adopted my older sister, so she had the same last yeah. name as me, and then I came along. My parents got divorced. 
little sister, stepdad came yeah. along, little sister, my, those, my stepdad and mom have been together longer than any other relationship that I've well, never, sure. I've never remember, I barely remember my parents being together, but mm-hmm. that blended family, mm-hmm. that age differences, like I, I mean, I had my own kind of, I was a bony boy, so I had my own childhood kind of, but yet there were times where I was the oldest because I was raising the little one, like helping right. out my parents. At times where I was, I'm always the middle. So, yeah. yeah. And then our times where my older sister spoke for me because I was like a <laughs> child. So right. Right. Uh, that must have been interesting. Like, like it was like the Brady Bunch and, and five boys. Yeah. Like a girl. Like, yeah. No one probably messed with you ever. No, it was pretty, you know, it was funny. They didn't. And I, I think I probably would have been a tomboy anyways, but with being around five boys, I mean, I was, there was no, it was like sink or swim. You know, I could, they could torture me, but nobody else could torture me. That was sort of (laughs) the rule, you know, and it was, it was good. I mean, it was, you know, there was a lot of them and then there were their friends and, you know, when I was younger, you know, the like little or, you know, fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, we just sort of antagonized them and picked on them probably more than they picked on us. But then we got older and you know how age just balances out, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. now it feels like we're all the same age, you know, it's yeah. funny how that works. Uh, my little sister was such a tomboy because of me. She idolized me so much and I, I, when she did, I was way jock into sports, high school, every like, so she, like, she became a basketball player. She became all these sports, such a yeah. And it was like, yeah. yeah, there was kind of times where we played basketball against each other and 11 years difference is a lot, but hey, trial by fire. Like, yeah, you can sure. stop me if you can, like, you, you'll be good. <laughs> and then she got older, she got good. Yeah, she was a lot better basketball player than I ever was, so. More power to nice. her. If I had anything to do with that. Awesome. It was cool. Yeah, for sure. Is yeah. she in Wyoming still? No, she moved. She was in Florida for a while. Now she's in Las Vegas where my parents are at. Oh, um, nice. Stepdad. They retired there about 10 years ago. And nice. everybody assumed one of us would end up there, which uh-huh. they thought it would be me because my best friend lives there. And I was like, no, it's too, that's too cliche. Like, to go there. And my job is pretty good here, so I couldn't really just be like, Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just going yeah. to Vegas because I know people. Like, now I visit there a ton, but I was like, I can't just drop my career unless I could just find a job there or do this. But I'm glad at this point with the COVID that I'm in Wyoming and not in Las Vegas. So I worry about my parents. Oh, like, they're good. My little sister helps out. So that's good. It's always good to have at least one sibling close to your parents. You know? Yeah, totally. They can totally. have the retirement years. So yeah. back to you, though. <laughs> so growing up, five brothers, what were you like as a kid? Did you have another younger sibling? Do you have another that came along? No, no. You're the youngest of them all. Yeah, yeah. So well, are you a kid? Sorry. No, I was going to say, it sounds a lot similar to, you know, Sounds a lot similar to your situation with your younger sister. I just wanted to do the stuff that they did. Oh, and yeah. I wanted to do it better. Yeah, and I uh, thought yeah. in my mind so often that I could do it better. You know, they were all of my brothers were great athletes, you know, baseball, basketball, you name it. Um, and so, you know, I did those things. I didn't want to play softball. I wanted to play baseball. 
I didn't want to do, I wanted to do the same things that they did. You know, obviously rules and life sure. dictates, you know, that eventually you end up sort of going into different roles. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Like my freshman year of high school, I played football very briefly. <laughs> and that was, and then I just, you know, life and you you grow, you turn into your own little person, your body changes. And I just thought, okay, I don't have the same tools and skills that like boys have necessarily in some of these sports that I was really enjoying. But I found, I found other things that I really enjoyed. You know, I was always outdoorsy. I always enjoyed hiking. Um, I went into, you know, I went into a male dominated field. I fought fires out of when I was young, yeah. uh, my late teens and early twenties. I mean, I, I did the things that the boys did anyways, you know, I say boys yeah. in quotations, but you know, I never really outgrew that. And I don't think I have still really. I mean, I wasn't kidding when I said I probably haven't brushed my hair since COVID started. <laughs> I just, you know, I just, I'm pretty, I'm pretty if you're, tomboyish that way. Home, if you have to be home, we're lucky. I mean, not lucky. Yeah. You're lucky that your hair gets combed, clothes get changed. It's, I right. did it for a stretch. Um, and, but I had to like, I made sure I like, Oh, if I got too boxed into my office, I'd go work on my laptop downstairs. Like my office is an upstairs plot. And so, or like if I felt even more boxed in, I'd walk around the block. So right. I made sure like I was not really just living because I knew I had options. People that live in the high rises and in very dense populated areas, it's it's scary for them. For sure. And I felt for them. So I was like, well, why do I have to live in that paranoia? I might as well get out and about while well, I at least can. And so, I mean, it, Wyoming has it right right now. We have a lot of less populations, really small communities. Um, some of them are just cut off to the world that, mm -hmm. that you mm -hmm. really probably won't get an outbreak there just because nobody goes there. Right. Laramie's a little different. We have a college, you know, university here. And so we cut it off right in time, but they're coming back in the fall. And it's going to be interesting. We got a lot yeah. of, relying on them to, to do a lot of things that college students don't really have. And that's called discipline, but we <laughs> could have a new generation of kids that, yeah. that pull it together. You mm -hmm. never know. Mm -hmm. So um, that's, what's going to make the university of Miami happen. And people are like, well, if that can happen here, it could happen in California. I'm like, no, it's a different set of people, different, a whole yeah. lot bigger people out there. And I, I'm just like, so don't make one. And they're like, what about Wyoming football? And it's like, who are we going to play? California schools? No. Las Vegas? No. 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 Colorado schools? Nope. No. Like, it's not, we'll have a team together, but we're going to have right. Montana. Like, so it's, it's an interesting right. little thing going on in Wyoming in that, um, that largest community. I always tell people like, you thought I was a fool for living in a small community. Yeah. Oh. Or moving back to Wyoming, yeah. the worst thing I have to worry about is like blizzards and stuff and some wind. But I was like, for sure, I feel good about this whole decision nowadays. Oh, yeah. I have a lot of freedom where a lot of people don't. One hundred percent. You know, my daughter's dad lives in Cheyenne, and me having gone to school there, and my son also living in Northern Colorado, I've made against everybody's suggestions and recommendations. I've made a number of trips out to Wyoming since the coronavirus, since all of this sort of happened in part because when they stopped schools here and everything sort of went into distance learning, like I thought, well, <laughs> 
this is a good opportunity for my daughter's dad to really shine. Like he and her, her stepmom out there, you know, they were sort of, you know, furloughed like a lot of people for a short time. And I thought, well, we're not going to have another opportunity like this whereby I can send her out there and she can, you know, have a little bit more freedom and they can also sort of be really hands-on in the parenting slash educating because we do the typical long distance thing. So he gets to do the fun stuff in the summertime. It doesn't really do the stuff in the trenches. So I thought, and he wants to, he really wants to. So I thought, well, I'm going to take the shot. So I got her out there um, for an extended spring break. And then she came back here again. And, you know, we've just sort of done this, this back and forth thing for a little bit, which has been great in terms of, you know, extra parenting time for him. But it's also been so great for me because coming back to California, it's literally like, you don't go anywhere without a mask of some sort. Like, and it's, there was this hilarious meme that I saw. Um, and if this is inappropriate to say in your show, I'm sorry, but it's sort of like a mask has become like wearing a bra. Like they're uncomfortable, you, but you have to wear them in public. You take them off as soon as you're home and people look at you funny when you're not wearing one. Totally true. Like if you don't wear a mask in California, they look at you like you're public enemy number one. And I, I don't really have a problem with that. But what I, do, I don't want to hurt people or offend people, so I don't want to make them scared. So then I just try to, you know, ease their fears and their tension. Whereas in Wyoming, I think it, maybe it's a little bit of the opposite. They look at you like you're the weird one when you're wearing a mask. So I don't know. It's been interesting to go back and forth and see all sides of it. I, I have said in, like, podcasts I've done, um, I'm judging you when you don't have a mask on. I really am. <laughs> Yeah. Like if you, yeah. you really, if you look deep into my eyes and I'm walking down an aisle and you don't have a, a mask on outside, I really don't care. Like here, we're not, we're spaced enough. I get that. That's fine. I, but when we're in a confined space in the store or anything like that, I'm like, I'm judging you. I really yeah. like, like, I, and I'm like, I want to see like, I hope you've had a physical and your health is good. Like, right. That's me. Right. I know, but I have diabetes and I know my my limitation. Right. And so right. I have to mask up. I try to stay out of it, I, even though I'm in check with my blood sugars and everything, but it'll probably put me in the hospital. And for so sure. I don't want to do that. That doesn't sound like a good time for me. And I don't know why people are like, well, I'm going to risk that. I can have right. some worse heart condition that I don't know about. And it kills me because I couldn't put on a mask because I thought it was some fraud, some scam. Right. Some and I'm like, let's just do it for now. If we got it out of the way now, we can get back to things quicker. And no right. seems to get that kind of logic. The like, mindset that, yeah. no, totally. Well, you know, and what's even worse, like if, if I'm not wearing a mask and if I come down with something and if I keel over, that's on me. You know, that's my own whatever ignorance or that's my own, you know, whatever inability to just follow a certain rule. Yeah. But then I, but if I'm fine, and then if, you know, or, or if somebody else is not fine and I'm coughing and hacking and you know, I don't know what's, what that person's sensitivities are. I don't know what their health conditions are. So it's just, you know, I try to be really mindful of those things. You know, I probably am more on the side of the free spirit, like I do what I want type of thing. But like when you really think about people's, you know, their fear and what's in their bodies, you know, I'm just like, okay, fine. Well, I, <laughs> so, I, I, I I really try to be mindful of those things. And then the people that, like, I was in Walgreens in Cheyenne last time I was out there, and I'd gone there. Um, late in the evening, a, a girlfriend of mine had gone, and she's in healthcare. She's actually a dental hygienist. And this girl was just coughing and hacking at the register, no mask, 
know anything. And my friend and I just looked at each other. We're like, <laughs> we went to the other end of the store. I'm like, what in the world is going on in this place? Like, ah, it's terrible. Wow. Like my friend was telling a story the other night. They were at the bar here in Laramie. Had a bar. <laughs> but it's outside bar. patio. Outside patio <laughs> area. Um, right. uh, the alibi. And oh. the dusk was going, it was, the sun was going down. And you could see people sitting at tables talking. You could see the spit in the air and how far it was going. Like you could see the science experiment, like what, right. what they're telling you, why you should wear a mask. Right. And I was like, she's like, yeah, but it's mostly like parties, like graduation parties and set up. And I was like, you mean like bars, like indoor drinking parties? I was like, right. I love a good bar. Made a lot of money in bars. I had to get to love them. But when people drink and you don't have a mask on, then you get all close and loud and it's all over. And totally. so it's like, I'm sorry, bar owners and such and people that work in bars, but it might be a break time. We got to figure out outdoor bars. And I know it doesn't work everywhere, but we got to figure out a situation people sure. get their drink on. In Wyoming, I, I'm always like, why do people want to go drink at a hospital? That's what I call it. Because if they got <laughs> everything clean and wear a mask, and I was like, why? That doesn't seem fun. I understand the social side of it, but I'd be freaked out half the time. And so right. clearly I don't do it, but I driving past the bar. I was like one night coming back into town. I was like, it's packed. That place is packed. And I can't believe For it. For like, sure. No hesitation. And I know maybe my 20, these aren't all the college kids are gone right now. Right. So these are like real adults, like that are in <laughs> right. the uh, real like. <laughs> Not college age kids, not, you know, oh, I'm invincible to get, no, like real cognizant. Wow. Hopefully, some of them may have degrees going, yeah, this is nothing. I'm going to, I'm going to work it out here at the local bar. And I'm like, I understand drinking at a time like this. People do it, but I was like, your house is all right. And right. I developed a thing I call my circle of friends, the inner circle, where yeah. there are people I have the straight up conversation. We can hang out if you are doing these things. If I can trust you. And there's a few people where I'm like, I believe your word because I trust you with my life and other situations. So yeah, we can hang out in my backyard. You can come to my house because I trust you're doing the right stuff. And you know, right. I, and they're like, yeah. And I was like, cool. I go develop your own social circle like that. But you, you have to be honest to the group. You cannot, you know, oh, I went accidentally went to a casino. Or I accidentally went out. To, no, you can't have accidents. If you do, you have to stay away from the group. Like you right. have to you know, social, like, and people my age can, I'm like, I'm old right now. And I've lived a, some interesting life and I've seen a lot of things. And right now this time out has kind of been like a moment of, oh, just catch my breath, man. Like think about things for a little bit. Like the world was yeah. fast paced for a little while there. And like, it's nice to sit back a little bit and I've never, I haven't been bored at all. I still work and everything, but I'm like, it was almost reflection moments. And I was like, okay, I, the, the environment put us on timeout, as I say. Yeah. It thrived yeah. when we were sitting in our homes, lakes cleared up, fishing, fishes came back. Like it was crazy. Deer were crossing highways, like amazing. The environment just rebounded when humans were told to sit at their houses for a couple months, I was like, right. be people. 
maybe we should work with the environment, not against it's it half the time, it. and it won't try to kill us. Every yeah. so often, you, you yeah, know, yeah. Everything. I want to be like AIDS, uh, SARS, yellow fever, like all these things came out of straight out of the environment. Turns out humans are the, the virus, true virus that's jacking things up. So every once in a while, we might need a timeout. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my, my box. Let's get my soapbox for a little bit. I'm very pro-environment. <laughs> if, if you know, I'm very pro-environment, but yet I don't live like total, like, because I'm like, I need leaders of industry to kind of lead the way. It's hard to be right. very pro-environment if you don't have the leadership to do it that way. But I try to do all this stuff, but I'm not perfect in my, I mean, yeah, I drive a, I don't drive a gas engine car, got rid of that one, but I still drive like a Jeep and stuff like that. It's efficient because it was made during the Obama era, so it's an efficient vehicle. <laughs> so, you know, I'm an environmental guy, I dig it. And I noticed that we're more like humans are just part of the ecosystem. Not right. necessarily top of the food chain. Like we always, you know, I kind of get, we think quicker, but I was like, if we live in homeostasis with this environment, maybe we'll, it'll get along better with us. And we don't, we get out of COVID or learn how to at least fight it or, you know, instead of right. saying it's not real. Yeah. You know, and it's an interesting thing because it's the, I can't remember. It was, again, it was one of these memes on social media, oh, yeah. but it was some quippy thing about like, um, how it's it's affecting like the entire world it's not you know i can go off a, the deep end when it comes to conspiracy theories and like all these wacky trains of thought like i might be the queen of that but when you look at how it's affecting like the entire world and and the global economies you know it's i, I honestly as human beings i don't know that we're smart enough to drum up such a scheme oh, no. uh like like this <laughs> i think that it's just an absolute total like it's a mess. It's a hot mess. And like, nobody really knows what to do. And it's sort of like, it's an experiment in every country and in every state and in every city. It's like in every household, you know, it's yeah. just like these little experiments everywhere. Like, okay, <laughs> well, how's this going to go? And, you know, people talk about like, you know, if things would have been more uniform or if there would have been more of a blanket effect, like here in this country, it might've prevented it. Eh, who knows? You know, I don't know. This is a humongous landmass with a lot of people on it you know and we've all got our <laughs> ways of doing things yeah hollered you we haven't been on the same page since like world war ii yeah yeah that's for I, real that's why i keep on saying i said like, we need world war ii type focus like if we were killing nazis right now like we would be focused on the global hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah totally yeah, I was like, yeah. but we, but we suddenly it's like everybody's got something to say about it, and I'm like, that's great that, yeah, you have a com, you have an opinion, but I trust experts. Sorry, that's just how I kind of try to live my life because I am not the smartest guy, dude in the room, but I know experts, and I'll, I'll listen to those guys in a heartbeat. And a lot yeah, of scientists, sure. the science, the scientists, the the data, the numbers, the the yeah. real numbers. I yeah. mean, the numbers get a little bit funky because which ones are real, which ones aren't real. I don't know. It's like CNN or Fox News. <laughs> like, yeah. oh my God. You know, who do you listen to? Like, if you had no experience with the news or no experience with any of this type of media, how would you know what to listen to? I mean, I think, fortunately, I think at least in our age brackets, we're able to figure out, you know, which ones we want to listen to or what we're comfortable believing. But for the people that, that don't know, I mean, I guess that's just the Netflix group. They don't even turn the news on. They <laughs> stick with their binge watching. Why not? I, I get that. Well, I have a 
degree in broadcasting basically mm -hmm. led us into working in news stations. So mm -hmm. I know I did reporting for a long time. I worked, I was a cameraman for a long time, editor, cameraman. I hate when we say that videographer for a mm -hmm. little while. And I know how it's worked. I know how, what a real news story is and what opinion pieces are. Mm -hmm. And there's a very blurry situation going on with that right now. And people will post like, oh, look at this. And I'm like, it's total opinion. There's no sources. There's no, and they just right. they don't understand that. They're like, but it speaks to every point of their view that they agree with. And I'm like, yeah, that's your opinion. It's an opinion piece. But here's a factual news right. story right here. Oh, that's by the liberal media. And I'm like, <laughs> right. Sure. I was like, but they're all owned by corporations. I don't. If corporations had their way, they would manipulate the media for their self-interest, and they don't. So I don't get why you say that just because they report facts that you don't like. That's that's what it is. And I was like, I don't agree with all news, but so it's factually correct. It's it is it's, it is what it is. If ninety nine percent people describe the same situation the same way, it happened that way. Okay, one person describes it differently you can't focus on that one person 99 people saw a car accident bing bing bang <laughs> that one person saw a right. deer and you're like but that deer and that's where it gets like i call it junk science junk news where people get caught up in the small percentage that isn't that it didn't happen the way or it happened the way they liked it and right. that's some news organizations take it that though that part of the the fact the facts that part of the the research and mm -hmm. focus on that part like junk science like yeah the two percent it didn't work in this experiment they're like see it didn't work it's two percent two percent yeah the variables yeah. don't know what went what sideways during that time but it two percent of the time it didn't work and so people don't fathom that they don't understand right. it's hard to because their daily lives don't require a whole lot of that and so they they remember the news and I say that my parents' generation remember the news as four dudes, six o'clock every night, read about a half hour of news. Dan Rather. Yeah, <laughs> Cronkite. The Walter same Cronkite. way. They all delivered the same way. There was no same bias. Voice. Same yeah. voice. No bias. And then yeah. other news organizations packaged that look and delivered not so much news, but a lot of opinion. Fox News. Right. It's G evil genius stuff. I remember when it came about and I was like, wow, how did they get away with this? And it's, they're on cable so they can call it entertainment. It's kind of the Rush Limbaugh, right. as I call it. But people don't know how to decipher the difference. At all. At all. And then, they, and then they're like, yeah. well, all the other news stations are reporting differently, but mine says it like it is. And I'm like, Right. You think there's correlation? Here? Like there might be right. Like you might be wrong. So I work in the news. It burned me out for a long time. Like I, I couldn't watch news for a long time. Like I hated it because I knew how it worked. I'm like they're sensationalist. Not necessarily. They they're, they get factually right, but they like to sensationalize things. Um, so if it bleeds, it leads. That that kind of stuff. So breaking news is the most overused term I've heard in my life. Because <laughs> after a while, it's not breaking news anymore. It's just news. So right. um, I got out and I quit. I worked in education. I quit paying attention until about 2016, where Donald Trump got elected. And I was like, I got to keep tabs on this. 
I gotta follow this guy. Yeah, oh, oh, how this <laughs> happened? So yeah, I got back. I watch news, but I I can't like especially during COVID. I did. I shut. I tuned it out again. I was like, no. Me too. And I have a friend that he's like, that's all I do is watch that. And I was like, you are going to jump off a bridge soon. Like, yeah, I cannot do it. Yeah. I can't do it. Yeah. It makes me insane. And I can't even almost, like, even talking about it half the time, I'm just like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <Can't>. yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. It, but, it, I mean, what else do you do? Uh, I mean, that's, when it's affecting and impacting, like, lives the way that it is. I mean, out here in the in the wine world, for example, and the bar world and the, the hair salon world, I mean, all, we're, all that just got shut down again. So, you know, if it's indoors, like it's just not happening, all the bars are closed. Um, they don't know what they're doing with schools, with the kids. I mean, pretty sure they're, they're only going to be in school two days a week here. But read an article yesterday about all of the Sacramento area, they're just doing distance learning. And a lot of the, the bigger cities in the south part of the state, they're just doing distance learning to start. Um, my partner's oldest son, uh, he's going to UC Santa Cruz. They're, you know, they've got a, they're not starting until, you know, October, I think. I mean, it's totally wacky. So when COVID is, is affecting lives, like on that scale, it's hard to not listen to it just to figure out what to wear that day. Sure. <laughs> it's crazy. Can I leave my house? I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. Um, it is interesting how, cause I've, friends here in town that live in Las Vegas and what one of them's a community college teacher and the other as a high school teacher and mm. how they're handling and they're mostly online. It's just the lacking of the physical structures to actually make it work. And right. We're lucky that we kind of at the university of Wyoming can do that. Cause our, we have a low student population and a lot of students are like, well, maybe I'll just go all online. We're like, Hey, thank you. We yeah. appreciate that. I know people are saying, well, then why should the, you know, the, the cost of education? I was like, that's a whole different argument, but I'll say affordable. Right. I was like, if you can deliver the same content by the same instructor that you paid for to see in person and they deliver it the same way online, you got the same experience. So for sure, as long as they, keep you engaged in part of the thing. And that's a whole different thing for teachers to learn that don't normally teach online is how to mm -hmm. get people interact. And so that's a field I work in a lot of the times on the technical side of it, but I also give advice because I've seen so much of it done. And I was like, yeah, if you get the same instruction, as long as it's not like, oh, I took, I'm supposed to take this history class and now I'm getting taught by great GEA, not the history guy. That's terrible. You should take, get your right. degree from Phoenix University. So right. some universities may be doing that. I don't think University of Wyoming is because it's small enough faculty and everything, but it's fine. The physical structures, I have, I should post a picture, but um, I took a picture of a classroom the other day and they have pieces of tape on the chairs you can sit in and you'd be amazed. Like it turns a 50 person room into 10 something makes uh, it was, I, I would send it to the picture to people. I'd be like, find the green tape that's where you can sit and they'd be like oh my gosh and i was right. like yeah or you can sit at your house so a lot of people and like dorms where you you can they said you should be single occupancy and they ran out of those and so yeah. now they're like kids from the same town like as long as they know each other and that should be it's a whole different there's lots of stuff i was like i don't need to worry about this but i it's kind of fascinating, the fascinating. Same hurting totally. cats 
we're get, we got to totally. catch the wind. Like, yeah. And, and so it's, it, it's interesting, but I'm going to, I'm going to take you back to California <laughs> growing up. All right. Cause it was a simpler time. There's probably yeah. MTV, MTV played videos. Yes. Yes. And yes. so you're growing up in California. Like, how did you get to Wyoming? I know it's probably a bigger path than that. Did you just choose a map or someone dragged yeah. you out here? Or, that's how I met you in Wyoming. Oh. So, and you talk it about your crazy. It, it was, it was kind of crazy. I had, um, I had gone to a fire academy for my first round of college to fight structure fires. And I, and that was in California, a junior college called Shasta College. They had a, a fire science, a two-year fire science degree. You get whatever, your firefighter one. So did that. And then I got out of the fire academy after two years. And I was like 19 when I got out. And I got a job in this little town in Northern California, just north of this town called Reading. And I was fighting fires, structure fires, with other firefighters. I was the only girl, as it usually is in the fire service. But I was a 19-year-old girl, and these firefighters were like 30. And I remember at the time thinking, like, and, you, and when you're a firefighter, you live at the fire station for, like, a number of days, and you have days off. You've got, like, you'll work three or four days on, 24 hours, <clears throat> and then you'll have three or four days off. And I remember, like, laying there one night just in my bed uh, thinking to myself, like, this is gross. I'm literally spending three or four nights a week every night with 30-year-old dudes. I was so grossed out by it because they felt so old to me. And now I'm like, 30-year-old dudes, that's not so bad. <laughs> it's a funny thing. But when I was a kid, I was like, this is horrible. I hate it. So what kind of job can I do in the fire service where it's exciting and it's, there's young people and I'm doing stuff? Because the other thing with structure fires or structure firefighters, you're not – you don't train as hard. You're in the gym. You train that way. You run with your firefighters. You do those types of things, but you're not like you go on a fire and then you're done and you know, life kind of goes on. But I looked into different areas of the fire service and I thought, what about like wildland fires? And I thought that is, that's the ticket. I want to fight wildland fires and I want to get good at it. And uh, I did. So I just started applying for different jobs. I had a friend um, who said, you know, apply for this, position you'll be on an engine like a wildland engine which at the time I thought do they have like do you wear like SCBAs like the breathing apparatus like what do you do like I don't even know how to fight wildland fires I've just been fighting structure fires and so yeah I got a I got a job in Rollins of all places with the BLM and that was it I was hooked it was just super great and at that point I realized too that um gosh I was had I was 20 it just turned 21, or maybe not even 21, because I remember sneaking into the keg. There's this bar in Rollins called the Keg. <laughs> probably still there. But, yeah, probably still there. Um, and it's kind of like the military. They'll give you, they'll let you drink if you're, like, in a certain, like, military, like, in the Army, or they used to back in the day. It was kind of like that with firefighters. You're just like, oh, she's fine. <laughs> um but yeah, I just, uh, I really, I really liked it. I decided though a couple of seasons in that I was going to have to go back to school, uh, at least get a four year degree because you just kind of know, you know, I didn't want to go back to fighting the structure fires with like the old guys. Yeah, then you're going to be the old girl. Or the old yeah, girl. exactly. <laughs> the old Betty. Now, 
even at 43 right now, I'm just like, I could fight fires. But I'm like, really? Like, yeah. And I'm sure, like, the 22-year-old firefighters are just like, who is this old lady? Like, what's going on? Totally different when you're on the older side of the spectrum. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, it, it's funny. Um, but that's sort of what took me to Wyoming. I, I was in Rollins, and I thought, well, I could go back to California and keep going to school, or I could just see what is what what is for me in Wyoming. And by then, I'd met a boy, and I'd fallen in love, and, yeah. you know, that he was a firefighter as well and also a teacher. And I just thought, well, I'm just going to stick it out, out here and just see. And also, to be fair, like, Wyoming was um, – it just has that charm that when you're, you know, when you grow up in a place like California that's a faster paced, even in Northern California, you don't really understand, like, I literally was like, what's in Wyoming? That's like, is, are there like Indians? Is there cowboys? Like, I literally thought that. You know, the snow fences? Yeah. Like, my fire crew at the time, they were just like, oh, yeah, those are the bleachers that the Indians sit on to watch the antelope races. Like, they told me these wacky things, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, the most ridiculous things. And, like, I just was like, oh, okay, wow. They literally told me that they painted the Tetons to keep them white, like, screwing with the girl from California. I mean, I get it now. I get all yeah. those I get all those jokes and poor taste. But, like, man, like, I think that that's – in getting me out to Wyoming, you have to kind of, you fall in love with it and you end up staying. And I mean, I stayed for 20 years. It was great. The winters. Oh my gosh. That's, that's what ran me out of there. I'm like, holy moly. Couldn't take it. Yeah. I, when I moved here, I was 13. I hated the place. Like, I don't know. <laughs> and it slowly grew on me. By the time I got, was like, oh, college is fun. Yeah. But I knew I had to get out and I moved to New York and realized the fast paced real world out there. And it, it burned me out. And, yeah. And I was like, well, other things came up through the divorce too. And I was like, I want to go back. I get, there's a job opening at the University of Wyoming. And I was like, I'll go back there for a couple of years and I'll go back to the West Coast. I'm originally from Oregon. And I was like, I'll just go back there. And then I got here and I was like five years. It's 17 years later. <laughs> right? Oregon couldn't win me back because of two, where I grew up. There was lots of rain in Portland area. Okay. And I got used to the sunshine of Wyoming. Like, yeah. Even though it's cold, it's still sunny. I get it, man. There's more sun there than in California for sure. Where I live in California. I live in the yeah. Bay Area. Holy yeah. moly, I can go out to Wyoming any day in December, January, February. Sun. It might be negative 13, but there yeah. is super sun. Whereas here, it's like a cold, wet. I'm like, ah, you know. I real I still have family out in the Oregon area and and uh Portland area. And I go back to visit and it's always like, well, six of seven days, cloudy, and I'm feeling all gloom and doomy, and then the seventh day it's sunny and I gotta fly out of there. Till it's back to sun, but it's negative yeah. thirteen here. But I'm like yeah. but I'm always like, Oh sun and <laughs> I just and my dad's like, Oh, I wish you would have moved back here and I was like, But the sun, like it's here. <laughs> And all like yeah. when it gets when we go a couple of days without it, like when it gets cloudy or it rains, it's weird. Yeah. But I'm uh, you, your mood changes. Mine does. Totally. So, like, mine too. Yeah. Mine too. Like, I'm in like I get this winter funk, like this whole seasonal depression thing where I yeah. where I literally Justin like I leave I I leave for chunks of the year. Like I go to Costa Rica. I go. I went to Hawaii one year. I'm like I 
cannot do the cold, dreary. Like, I, I cannot. And in Wyoming, I, I would leave, like, in January, February, because it was so cold. But now it's, like, the cold, dreary here. It's, like, if I don't do that, like, I start losing my mind. Like, I'm, I don't want to be around myself, let alone <laughs> the people that have to be around me. I'm, like, I, for everybody's benefit, I have to go now. <laughs> build myself up because, yeah, it's, it's hard. I, I had a, one of my friend's moms when we were growing up, she had the seasonal depression and she was on like, mm-hmm. uh, it was 2020, it might've been 2020, but they bought her, the, they got, she got this lamp that sat next to her. She was a seamstress and it totally changed her world. Like, <sighs> I get one. like it was like, <laughs> because summer you get the, you get the sun and everything and, and Oregon's beautiful and all that, but mm-hmm. it gets cloudy, but the winter is, it's just, great and yeah. this light just helped it i'm sure they make better ones now but i remember seeing i was fresh in my head and i'm sure i was 10 years old and i was but i remember just the change in her attitude and the change i think she lost weight yeah. everything was just great and i was like wow that's a thing like wow and i get it more now because i was like i can't move back there it's just too much for me they're <laughs> like but you lived there before great. and i was like i didn't know the difference i didn't right. know what it's like to have this sunlight and yeah i go certainly yeah negative 30 and the wi- weather will drive you out of Laramie. the, w- the winter does yeah. i moved away like when i moved to new york i was like seasons this is crazy it's <laughs> like winter and like warm or summerish whatever but i was like there's four seasons in new york that's i live long island and so i was like that's crazy but like yeah. their snow it was on an island and so it's humid. It was much more cold. It was a different feel. It was wet. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to yeah. here where it's dry and yeah. you need a shovel. I'll say that one. Oh, totally. My mom, my mom had um, all, of, all of the conditions that older people get where they're super sensitive, arthritis and just oh, all of those oh, things. Yeah. That where the, the cold really affects you. And her, she lived in Northern California for, for a long time, obviously. Um, and oh my gosh, the cold and the wet, her pain level was just like through the roof. But when I, when she decided to move out to Wyoming to be closer to me, when I started law school and started like my grown up life, um, she moved out there and she felt better in a colder, drier climate. She was just like, oh, this is, she was nervous at first. Cause she was like, I don't know, it's colder. Like I probably won't, I'll never get out of bed. <laughs> I'll be in constant pain. But she got out there and she would go on walks every day, like huh. in December. And I'm like, huh, just the dry. Yeah, the cold dry she could do, but just the, the humidity and the wet, like she couldn't do. Like that made it like so much worse. And I wasn't sure about all of that stuff and like how it affected you so much. But literally when you go in and get like a blood panel and they check like your vitamin D levels, I had never had an issue with any types of vitamin deficiencies or anything like that. But like within two years of being back in California, I went and had like my blood drawn just to make sure everything was running right. And they were like, yeah, everything's great, but you're a little bit low on vitamin D. And I was like, oh my gosh, because the winter in California is ruining me. I know, (laughs) exactly. Yeah, yeah. Bought tickets to the tropics that, just kidding. (laughs) Well, you figured that out, but you decided to go, you decided to go to law school right away, right out of, you know, working in no. your undergrad. No, actually it was kind of funny. Um, you look at your behavior patterns 
when you get to be a little bit older, you look at, you can see these patterns of your behavior where you're like, oh, I know what this is. That doesn't mean you change them once you recognize yeah. them. It just means you can see them. Yes. <laughs> but as I got older and I went back to school at UW and I thought, this is great because I didn't, it's not that I didn't have like the college experience in California, but when you're in the fire academy, it was just a little bit different. Like, Hey, it's, it's kind of like going into the military. So it felt like that. But then when I started to finish my four year degree at UW, it was great because yeah, we're hanging out the buckhorn. We're, we're doing all sorts of like, you know, we're just doing the fun Laramie stuff. You know, I mean, that was when, I mean, gosh, some of the places that were open, like what's the one that's above uh, the buckhorn. There used to be a bar above the buckhorn. Oh, it's still there. It's parlor. The parlor. That's where I learned how to be a DJ. That's where, like, it all happened. So, right? Tomorrow, For yeah, sure. Super fun. Um, and then I just thought, well, I was going to school at the time. I, I had my associates in fire technology. So I thought, well, what am I going to do? What do I want to keep going to school for? So I'd, I'd always been involved in theater and dance. So I, from the time that I was five, four or five, very young, so I kept going with the theater and dance degree, and then I added on psychology because I knew, even knowing, even at my tender years, my early 20s, I thought theater and dance, like, uh, you have to actually pay your bills. <laughs> and unless yeah. you want to just, I, I mean, I just kind of thought, you know, whatever. I, no disrespect to any of my friends in the theater and dance department, but it is a, it's a different animal. Um, and so psychology, I thought, well, I'll go, to, go for psychology as well. So I went as a the, the dual degree and then I got out and I thought like many kids when they get out of college like what do I do now <laughs> the fastest what is the fastest thing that I can do to make me money and I thought well I could go to psychology and get my PhD in psychology and that's gonna take a master's and then a PhD and that's gonna be like three maybe four years that's my phone dinging sorry I'll, I'll mute it um, or uh, I could go to law school because again, at the time I was involved with this person, this, I, I, the boy that I, the, the boy that I met fighting fires, he had decided to go to law school. And he um, was in law school and I was finishing my undergrad and he would, you know, reading assignments, he would bring that stuff home and be reading it. And I would, he'd talk to me about the cases and I would explain some of the cases to him. He probably would disagree with that statement, but I thought if he could do this, I could do this like oh my gosh like I'm answering these questions right more than he's answering them right so I literally again my competitive nature said I should go to law school <laughs> and I did and it, it was kind of a funny thing because when you apply to law school in your young person confidence you think you're just going to get in and you don't really I mean there's literally the, when I applied it was like 3,000 applicants they took 90 or 95 of those 3,000 my first time applying, I got in, and I literally, at that moment, I had learned the statistic of the 3,000, only 90 getting in, and I thought, oh, well, I probably won't get in, so what am I going to do? And then when I got in, there was this sinking in the pit of my stomach where I was like, oh, my God, now I have to go to law school. <laughs> <laughs> and it was funny. And, 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 and my boyfriend at the time, he said to me, you know, we'd been dating for like seven or eight years at the time. He was like, you don't have to go. Like, I don't know that this is a great idea for you. <laughs> and those words, I was like, oh, it's on. I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> Top of the class now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I will tell you, I mean, I, um, I would recommend 
the University of Wyoming College of Law to anybody that has an interest in law because it's an amazing program. The sense of community is amazing. At UW, so many law schools, there's crazy things that happen. People steal the laptops. People steal books that you need when you're doing legal research. That does not happen at UW. I mean, it's, there's just a really a great sense of community. And I think that's probably carries through to, throughout the state. I mean, it's really a special, special place. So all my apprehensions, you know, going in, I thought, okay, this is, this is the right thing. I got out of law school, and I'm not practicing now. I don't regret my degree at all. I'm super grateful that I have it. Um, I don't have the stomach for the typical 40, which is never 40 hours a week that you, in a law firm. I mean, it's way more than that. Um, but I have the utmost respect for my friends that do it, you know, and the people that have gone into certainly, like, legislature and the people that are in it full time. But for me, I was like, eh, I'm good. I'm too much of a free spirit to sink my teeth into it and be that grounded. <laughs> but you, did, you did practice for a little bit, right? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. you were like not more than 40 hours. You're like way more than 40 hours. So you're like, way clearly, more than 40 hours. clearly you got yeah. into the field for a little bit after, you know, tried it out. Yeah, and you know, and kind of what, not what steered me away, again, probably my competitive nature, um, I went straight into family law. I, I, did an, I did an internship with the, both the DA's office in Cheyenne and then also with the domestic violence clinic in Laramie. So I thought, well, what can I do that's a little bit different? And so I started practicing family law. And it's funny, when you get a little bit of experience, and, and truly a little bit of experience, you start thinking, you just want to win. You're like, okay, I don't care what happens to the other side. Like, I lost my ability very quickly to be fair and see all sides. And I'm like, no, I just totally, I want to destroy the other side. And what can I do, what information can I compile to set this person, like, you know, my person up in the best position? And then, you know, a couple of years of that, and I thought, this is making me psycho. And if I do this for, like, 40 years, like, I am going to have the blackest heart, and, like, I'll be 500 pounds, and I'll be an alcoholic, and I'll be divorced five times over. <laughs> this is not good. This is not a good idea. So I just thought I have to, you know, cut my losses and just sort of realize that, you know, this is this is not going to make me a good, happy, healthy person. And, you know, the, for the people that do it all the time, I love that about them because they're good at it and they do it and they've they've found a way to balance it out. I very early on knew that I couldn't find a way to balance it out. No. So I don't work in news anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That takes a brand, a purse, a thrill seeker that I am not. I chase down bad dudes, like, with a camera. Uh, <laughs> or chase down stories that, like, the police detectives should be on. I was also there during 9-11. Uh, that's where, in New York. So I was oh, like, wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, I was like, well, um, I got in this whole thing to shoot sports. Like, that was my, what I did in college. <laughs> like, that was my thing. And I was really good at that. And there, I'd, they let me, every once in a while I'd fill in for the sports guy, but I was like, I don't see myself doing news very much long, at this pace. Like, this is going to right. destroy me, destroy my soul. And I, yeah. I, I always say I developed a frown while living in <laughs> like, just a scowl, like, Rrr. and yeah. it took a little bit to go away once I got back here. And then Wyoming, wide open spaces. I tell people all over the place, I'm like, wide open spaces do so much for your mental state of mind. Like, yeah, true. Hitting like Nebraska, Western Nebraska, and the Mount, the Rockies started popping up. And I was like, 
Yes. This is better. anchor. That's home. Like this is like yeah. you can see stuff coming. It's not all these buildings yeah. on top of me and news and oh. So yeah, once you realize like, yeah, this was a good try. Like a, but and you respect the people that are still and I was there's guys that made pure art with news that I was just couldn't I wasn't that good. And they were making great stories and I'm more power to them and they won Emmys. Um, and so you feel the same about the lawyers as long as they can yeah. balance the blackness. Totally. Um, I, could, I mean, I could see that in a lot of law- my lawyer friends. I could see that, <laughs> that side come out that prove fairness. We're going to squash them. Like, totally. Yeah. And, and, and you sell your client on that attitude. I think if you're already predisposed to be that, have that competitive nature, I think if you have, if you feed that, it's like the, it's like the, what is it? The, it's not a fable, but the, the, it's like a really cool old native saying that it's like, you know, which, which wolf do you want to feed? You know, the, the, the nice one or the not nice one. Cause whichever one you feed is the one that's going to thrive. And I just know that I don't play to lose. And I had to constantly tell myself, okay, but this isn't your battle. Like, you just have to do X, Y, and Z. Like, this is not your thing. But then I felt weird, like, with the billable hour, because, you know, the, the, the firm that I was working in, she was phenomenal. Um, and she, she, she said, I said, I don't know if I can feel good about charging people, you know, I think it was, like, two or $300 an hour if I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere with it. And she was like, well, how much would you, how much value would you put on an hour away from your child? I had just had a baby at the time and I was like, oh, okay. Then it made sense when you start putting numbers based on your time and your life. And so then I was like, okay, then I'm going to make it count. And then literally the clause come out and you find that even, you know, I went into mediation, you know, I'm, I've been for a number of years uh, working on like a mediation practice and just trying to do the more kumbaya approach to conflict resolution. And it's funny, like, when you, I can wear like the mediator hat or the, you know, the lawyer type hat. And I literally, it's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, like crossing that line. And even in like discussions that I'm having with my friends or, you know, God love him, my boyfriend, like we get in these discussions and I'm like, okay, stop being a savage. (laughs) Simmer down. Like you don't have to like, everything's not an argument and you don't have to win everything. Just, Simmer down. Like uh, this is like the internal dialogue. <laughs> I tell myself, "Do you want to die on this mountain? Is this the mountain you want to die on? Is this yeah. your killing? Is this it? Or right. can you just compromise or where you know not make it? Yeah, I, I tell myself, "Is this the mountain you want to die on? Like I can't. That's like Toyota. I'll remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I find myself now. Well, like I. I know what mediation is, but every when I say it, I picture that beginning scene in Wedding Crashers. <laughs> where sure. saw, and then it's like, see, we're working together. Like, so I was kind of just right. painting a picture for people that didn't know what quite a mediator is. And I was like, it's yeah. that kind of idea. And I mean, they're working right. the comedy scene, but yeah. it is that kind of trying to be like, okay, well, you get the house, now you get this house. So who gets the dog? Right. Like, it's that kind of right. stuff. And it's hard, yeah, but it is a compromise it's coming right. to try to come to the middle. It's hard to do with claws out. Yes, you gotta. Oh, totally. Gotta. And I mean, admittedly, sometimes it's easier to just kick ass and take names and like not go in and not care about anybody and just take it all and win. Yeah. Because in the mediation process, yeah, I mean, 
you're not getting your way entirely and that sucks. So part of you is just like, well, I want to roll the dice and I want to win it all, you know, but the odds of that happening are pretty slim. Like, you know, it's so people, it's kind of, you know, it's a crapshoot. So in mediation, it's just like, eh, if you just compromise and, you know, give a little, but unfortunately a lot of times in those relationships, people, that's what got them in the situation. <laughs> there wasn't a lot of compromise yeah. to begin with. So, you know, there's that. They don't understand. Yeah. They're, they're at least getting something, not yeah. getting screwed out of everything. So, yeah, yeah, so totally. better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I can't. Where did I learn about it? Gosh, must have been like college somewhere with mediation. I'm, it seems like I spent a whole lot of reading about it, focusing about it. I was never a part of any of it, but I was just like, I know what it was. And I was like, why did it come up in any of my broadcasting degree? Well, maybe you have to take like some arbitration-y type things. I mean, a lot of a lot of businesses use arbitration, or yeah. a lot of them alternative dispute resolution. They'll call it. I think a lot of a lot of degrees now probably have some type of you know conflict resolution something. You know, maybe maybe in something like maybe. that. Yeah, yeah, or like I think in enough HR talks, yeah. they're like, well, oh, yeah. if you go to this level, we'll go to mediation, and you kind of they like mediation is da 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 da. da. So maybe that's right. why I, at the university we get trained up a lot, which is cool, which Probably is different. great. Um, yeah. One of our latest one was a diversity one. And I was just like, this is for like baby boomers and some Gen X people, but it's not for these young kids. They are very diverse. They get it. It's right. people of our age and older are like, oh, we can't say that. Like mostly generate uh, baby boomers. I'm like, no, you can't say that. Isn't that funny? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you have to have classes on that. Like you can't say, <laughs> you can't do that. And I'm like, it's a no brainer. Come on. And so, <laughs> and even some people of my generation, they're like, oh, really? We'd say in the '80s, and I'm like, well, it's not the '80s anymore. You 2020. I think, yeah. I think you probably really have to be in a university setting or have really dialed in young people around you to know those rules, like. Yeah. My partner, okay. my partner's two kids. I mean, fortunately, they're very, um, they're just super sharp kids. So they know those rules. But even me, like, I consider myself pretty, you know, I mean, conscientious or mindful of certain situations. But you hear about the things that are the do's and don'ts for, like, you know, the eight, between, like, 14 up to, I mean, 18, 19, 20. It's like, oh, so I probably am pissing people off every time I say <laughs> stuff. You know, like I, I, it's it's you have to be in it all the time to know what is and isn't acceptable. You know, I I've wrote enough emails, oh. uh, I don't know summaries that have basically are very like non-threatening all, but saying you're wrong or mm -hmm. pointing out the faults and 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 so I people are like you know how to spin it that it sounds it sounds like you're nice and i was like yes of course i am a nice person but you know i know how to like you know how to talk nice to people and i was like yeah <laughs> because i've learned on i've learned how to talk to managers i've learned how to talk to technical people and i was like so you kind of got to figure out what language works with a lot of people and the less it it pushes buttons the better it is that they it gets communication going sometimes you're just like why they take that word out of our vernacular that we can't use anymore but yes okay i get it some people the other sometimes i'm like ah doesn't make sense but okay whatever somebody's taking offense will be fine with it 
I, we have a lot of words yeah. in the human language. I can come up with another one to describe that. Mm. And, mm, mm. and that's sure. coming out of like the communication broadcasting world. I'm like, I got enough words. And I was like, yeah, I may swear like a sailor sometimes, but then I can bust out a good old, you know, lexicon of words. <laughs> Lexicon's a good word. Lexicon of, good yeah, word. Yeah, <laughs> of stuff like that. It's fun, I think. Word is word porn is kind of fun every once in a while. And so, yeah. Oh, it, sure. but yeah, it, it helps with, I guess it's called PC talk, but it's friendlier talk. It's not aggressive. It's not, um, it's helpful. And so right. you don't, and it's hard in this age of emails, text messages, tone is everything. And so that's, that's where you got to express, you got to be very toneless. And sometimes so people, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, there, I saw a whole sketch about, I can't remember how many shows, it was, but it, it, they were sending texts back, emails back and forth. And usually they had all exclamation points on them. And they got, because like, we used way too many exclamation points and never used them again. And they thought he was such a jerk. Like, say it, like the tone came across very like monotone. I think the show's corporation. I don't know if it's still okay. on. But I was like, that is so true. Everything gets lost in translation and right. kind of emails and such. And so you need training <laughs> in the universe. Yeah, it's such an interesting uh that we get it all the time and i'm always thinking this is for the older generation we we need it because we get lost in the oh yes right. and then we want to make a big deal about it I'm like it just helps out if you don't you know, <laughs> you know? and no. yeah, like i taking the test it's pretty i, I was like that's no brainer oh, I, I got that one i was like but there are people that just need it and so right, right. yeah it's an interesting world of HR that I'm glad I don't have to work in or anything or be a mediator for. There you go. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. It's totally true. So you got out of law school, practiced law in China for a little bit, and we're like, all right, no, no, that's this, this change of life. And you had a daughter in the meantime in there. So how'd, how'd that come about, I guess? That's like a Well, <laughs> that, I don't know. I mean, it was – Something of a stork came to my yeah. house one night. And I was, <laughs> you're ready. That's what it said. You're just like, you're ready. There yeah, you go. Basically. Well, no, I mean, even prior to that, I guess I left out a key, a key part of the story. I, I had a son this entire time. I had a son when I was super young. I was okay. like five when I had him because he's like 28 in September. Oh, wow. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> super young when I had him. Um, but all the while, you know, doing all of this with my son and my parents were a great help, of course. Um, but when I had my daughter, that was my third year of law school. It was the summer after I graduated from law school. Okay. And her dad was was from Wyoming uh, in music. I grew up with music, so we had an instant connection. Um, my long-term partner, uh, the person that I met fighting fires, and he went into law, he, our relationship uh, ended, and just started dating this other person and it was just a really nice breath of fresh air, I guess, just having a musical connection, et cetera, et cetera. And his family's musicians in the area. So I thought, yeah, this will be fun. And fun turned into a now 11 year old. She turned 11 yesterday. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. And it's, you know, I mean, again, life just, you know, we were talking about just how stories get interesting and you do all these things in your life. And it was, I mean, neither one of my kids were planned and, nor was living in Wyoming and law school or any of that. But I mean, I'm just open to all these experiences and, you know, with respect to with practicing law and, and having her my that summer after law school, I think maybe I can, 
credit her for wanting to, you know, give law a try, but then for also wanting to be a kinder, gentler person, because I thought I can't be, I had to be, when I had my son super young, I had to be, I had to kind of come up swinging in the world and I had to sort of fight hard and I had to dig in and I just had to like make it, uh, not, not kind of make it, but make it, you know, having a kid to raise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so then when he, you know, when I got much older and I had made it by all intents and purposes, um, I didn't feel the pressure with my daughter. I was just like, Oh, I don't have to keep up. I don't have to keep the fight going. I don't have to, I don't, I don't want to, um, be the kind of woman that she looks up to that is just like a savage (laughs) because I knew that about myself. Um, it was okay with my son because, you know, being in in male dominated fields and, you know, going into law, like he needed sort of that male energy out of me, his mom. Um, but my daughter needed the softer feminine energy. So it allowed me to sort of pull back quite a bit and just be like, Oh, okay. Mediation. I can do something different now, which is hilarious because my daughter, I don't know how or where she came from because she is a girly girl times a thousand, like for her birthday. And I'm so grateful to her stepmom because her mom, her stepmom is a super girly girl because she, she took her to get her nails done and her hair done and her eyebrows done. And for me, I'm just kind of like, what? what, why would I No, That's a terrible idea. Like why would I spend an entire day doing that stuff? <laughs> like never. Um, but it's great. I mean, it, it's worked out really great. And she's sort of helped me put you know, not just my profession in perspective, but just sort of do the softer, more fun, pleasurable things, which has been really great. And so that sort of, I wanted to come back to California where I'm from. Uh, I had always, I actually thought that I, when I was in law school, grinding out, you know, my second and third years of law school, I thought, what do I want to do when I grow up? Like, probably isn't this. And I thought, what if I could get like an enology degree by the time I'm 40, I, that was like a goal. I'm like, that would be great if I could get a PhD in enology. And I'm, I'm sitting there thinking about it. So when I finished law school and I thought about coming back to California, I thought, I think I just want to like start a mediation practice and do some mediation. But then I want to work in wine and kind of see where that takes me. See if I like, like it enough to learn how to make it and like it enough to you know just learn more about it. And then I started working in it and I thought, this is much more complicated than I thought it would is was whatever be. I mean, it's not like you just go make wine. I mean, you can ish <laughs> not good wine. I mean, it's, you know, it's truly an art. And if it's not your craft, if it's not your art, I mean, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be what it's going to be. Um, but I have certainly enjoyed, you know, exploring that about myself and taking a break from, you know, the faster paced life. And now I'm in this stage, like much of us in the world, like, what do I want to do? Like reinvention. You know, yeah, it, like I, I'm like I grew my hair out at one moment, like a couple years back. Like, <laughs> I remember I've seen those pictures, and I was just like, "Oh, I'm gonna do this." Like, there was no <laughs> like I'm just I, I had no plan, so it was kind of it was a weird cut. Just grew out weird, right? And I was just like, I think that was my midlife crisis. I think that was my because like I don't have kids. I got a great job, a great girlfriend. We own a house, we have, you know, cats and stuff. Things I mean, <laughs> like it's. I'm not living like the typical scenario that puts you in a midlife cri- like a dude in a midlife crisis. Right. Like, I didn't waste my life on you know 
having kids and not doing everything. I did. I've done so much with my life. Been around the world, all that good stuff. So I'm like, yeah, I grow my hair out. This is, and I, there was no plan or how long or whatever. And, but it turned out after a while, we'd wake up every morning and, and I'd have this voice next to me going, are you going to cut your hair? It's my <laughs> girlfriend's voice going, are you going to cut your hair? Right. And I, I, that kind of, that would push my competitive nature. I'm like one more extra month of growing it long. Going to grow and, it out. Yeah. And so she kept up with it and we got in during our winter break here. Her family came to visit and her nephews, they loved it. Oh, your hair's so cool and everything. And they left. I went and got a haircut like the next day, just out of the blue. I was like, I'm getting tired of it. I don't know what to do with it at the time. But pull, right. I barely pull it back. And I had long hair in my 20s, but it wasn't nearly the same. And I then I didn't care nearly as right. much as like now. And I like a, have a much better job. And like just days where it wasn't, presentable and I, back then I could put on a hat now and so yeah I was like was that my midlife crisis I think that might have been my midlife crisis. <laughs> and it felt I got out of the way got a cut and I, but I also was going through some anxiety issues which it turned out was like a I call it low magnesium plain and simple with diabetics it's a thing mm -hmm. and that comes with anxiety and it was kicking in at the time so I became oh. <laughs> growing my hair out long hermit guy in the house worried about everything yeah. like it was weird mm. and once mm. I, I was getting tired of this feeling and so mm. I researched it and figured out okay and I started taking magnesium like on a consistent basis just to get it back mm -hmm. normal great mm -hmm. and awesome I, I'm, I was like I don't have that anxiety everyone I do I know how to take care of it I can at least acknowledge what it is mm -hmm. and where it's coming from but at the time crippling i felt bad I, after getting through it i feel bad for people that have worse anxiety yeah. go through a worse scenario because you just need a break you need a moment to realize what it is and how you can address it but not many people have that break to or to realize that's not normal like that right. kind of worry is not normal and usually it's a chemical imbalance usually you can or you can talk to people but um yeah, I went through that for a little bit. And it's weird that it didn't happen like during COVID or something. Like, I'm glad right? it didn't happen. I'm so excited it didn't happen during that this time period. Like, I've given yeah. so much worse. Like, sitting at oh, home yeah. and just having the world, freaking out the world. Obsessing over it. Yeah, obsessing. Yeah. Like, I used to be like, well, I want to go to Colorado, but 800 things can go wrong just going, oh, you know, wow. getting there. And I'm like, I can't have that kind of gripping, like wow, yeah. mix it up with big crowds. I lived in New York city. And like, there was no, I didn't care. Yeah. Fun, and that, that at all left me somehow. And it was weird, right. but kind of figured magnesium. out how to actually take the magnesium. So anybody has anxiety issues, magnesium's a helpful tool. It might give awesome. you a little bit of uh, relief to at least gain some clarity on what's going on. And it's, if it doesn't work, it's only a, bottle cost you two dollars and fifty cents like right. it's, if it doesn't work yeah. it doesn't work but it might help out there so i was probably preaching on a few other shows not maybe my radio shows but once i realized what the situation was but yeah it's this it's, you're now sitting in california reflecting on coming back home i mean right. basically you, you've been to the middle and back but you also what gone down to what chile costa rica places like yeah. that yeah, I, I mean, I just sort of, I mean, I, I guess th those were sort of 
maybe I had a, started having a midlife crisis like earlier, like quite a bit earlier. You're, you <laughs> probably had two kids, and you were like, I, yeah, my crisis. Yeah, as soon as my son got old enough, like he was like 14, 15 when I really started traveling. Like, and I, I, I remember taking him, um, I, a good friend that I went to law school with, she had gone down to Patagonia and I thought, okay, I mean, challenge accepted. I'll, I'll meet you on that trip because we'd, again, we'd sit in law school and we'd fantasize about things that we could do if we made it out alive. <laughs> and for her, it was she wanted to go to Argentina and Chile and Patagonia <clears throat> and hang out with the gauchos and just do those things. And if she could do it, would I meet her down there? And I was like, yeah, if you get your tickets, I will meet you down there. And so I did, and that was great. Um, I actually took my son with me, who, who at the time he was 17, and it was great for him, you know, as well. He and I took a buddy of his, the two 17-year-old boys. They had a great time. Okay. That's a story for another show. Two 17-year-old <laughs> yeah. boys. <laughs> um, but that just sort of was it for me because I thought I it wasn't that I was felt old it, it was just that I felt like I wanted to see more of the world and so I just started making it a, a choice a personal choice just to go and do the things that I could go and do within reason because you know my daughter was born shortly after or right during that time and I just thought well you know, make it work. And so I started taking her with me. So gosh, I remember backpacking with her when she was like two and a half. Um, I backpacked from Panama up through um, Honduras with her, uh, literally backpacked. And we did like the chicken buses and the whole thing. It was great. I mean, it was so fun. I look at that now and you know, she's 11 now. And I'm like, Oh my God, like, how, how did I even do that? That had to have been hard. <laughs> I mean, it was like a three month trip. It was awesome though. And it, so many, so many great experiences. Um, and then, yeah, continuing to go back to places like Costa Rica and then just continuing to go to other places, just doing as much of that as possible and just making the best use of time really. And I think maybe that has a little bit of something. I was born in December. I'm a Sagittarius. And maybe that has something to do with the wanderlust that exists in Sagittarius. I don't know, but it's something that I just have to go and do and see. And I'm a seeker, so I'm always reaching out for those things. So maybe it's midlife crisis that will go on forever. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's all good. My parents were kind of, they grew up in state of Washington and they moved to Oregon. And then uh -huh. my mom left for here. My dad's always stayed in Oregon, but my little sister went to Florida. Little sister went to Florida. Like all, I went to New York. We were all ready to roll they brought us up ready to move put us yeah. on the move like i know like we kind of anchored down in wyoming for a little bit but i knew that it's probably wyoming that made us all go nope time to roll get out of here my <laughs> older sister left like in the middle of the night during the snowstorm for florida her mm -hmm. husband i mean with no with no money or everything luckily he is has the gift of gab and elevated their lives through yeah almost telemarketing, but worked his awesome. way up. I mean, it was interesting through Florida. Now they're in Texas. My little sister went there to work at Disney World for a while. Um, it was an experience, which makes me hate Disney World a lot. But um, there's a lot of stuff I love about Disney, though, like Star Wars. So I really can't go full on <laughs> hatred. But um, now she's in Vegas. But she's, I mean, we all had this wandering spirit. And I was right. like, just blame it on the parents. Like, yep. Your parents are like, don't ever leave. You probably don't <laughs> ever leave. 
if they're right. just loose of the reins, you're like, oh, right. yeah, go explore the world. You'll be back. Hey, look, guess where you are? You're back. Right, you know, right. I'm back in Wyoming, I mean, where's where I graduated high school, I was like, I never thought Laramie would probably be a place I retired in. Not retired in, I'm going to leave this place when I retire, but retire <laughs> from. Right. And so I was just like, wow, this is, it's interesting that I, I still got out there and saw things. I mean, I, like I said, I've been to Australia, England. I haven't gone down like other countries that don't speak English, I get very hesitant of. Yeah. So I'd have to learn it really fast. I'd have to learn. I know Spanish probably that's my second best language. Mm -hmm. But I know more like proper, you know, Queen Span King Spanish. Like go to Spain, right. it'd work out a whole lot. I went to like Mexico and it was like, all right, you guys gotta slow down and talk. <laughs> you know? Now yeah. I understand the other side of it. Like so I try to be very understanding with the people that for English isn't their first language. And so I try to be very understanding and helpful. But yeah, I was like, so I don't get down south, I didn't get down south. Mexico is about for, you know, there, but I, yeah, Australia, England, Canada, all that good stuff. And I, I know people that barely left the state of Wyoming. I know. Yeah. And I would be depressed if I was them. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Well, people don't leave California. You it's know, hard to leave, though. I mean, you got the beaches, got the mountains, you got such a great weather. Every once in a while, like, they try to burn you out or shake you around a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that is the truth. Oh my gosh. No, it's, you never know what crisis is going to be happening in California. I mean, it's, in fact, with the COVID stuff, I'm just kind of like, okay, um, we live outside of a, of, of a little town, but we live in an area where there's, you know, there's a big field out by us and there's big trees and, you know, when the grass starts getting a little high and it gets to be like this time of year, I'm just like, all right, are we good? Are we good? Oh, like yeah. when the fires come, it's no longer like if the fires come, it's like, okay, like, you know, your my fire service background kind of kicks in and I'm like, okay, flame links, like, okay, I think we're good. We're good. But yeah, I mean, cause you, it's, it, it happens in California and it, when it happens with the COVID thing, that's going to be, you know, next level crisis for these right. parts. Cause what do we do? You know, yeah, go inside fire camp, while your house burns down. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. And evacuations and yeah. all that stuff is already so pro problematic anyways. It's like, where are people going to go? Like, as it, as it is, people were evacuating to, like, the fairgrounds. And, you know, now it's like, okay, fairgrounds with the family when everybody's social distancing. Like, oh, my gosh. So, yeah, yeah. So Smokey the Bear says, prevent forest fires, kids. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Please, dear God. Yeah. I what, okay, so four years ago, Wyoming was like we were burning. Like Colorado, Wyoming was just like it was so tender. I remember like just screaming at people, "Don't drop your cigarette butt there!" The whole thing yeah. go up like totally jerk face. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. Um, well, and afterwards, like Vitavu and those areas yeah. too, with all that people kill, you know, it's like, oh, oh yeah. you have so many people come in and go hiking. And yeah, I mean, when that burns, it'll burn. I mean, it's a lot of really dry stuff out there still, you know. We just had, in, well, in June, we had a June snowstorm. I'm out of sight of my pictures. Holy. <laughs> it, well, the trees were bloomed, so you had leaves, and it was a real heavy snow and not, not a lot of wind. Weird. So it all came just dumping down and just shredded every cottonwood and every um, aspen in my front yard. Like, yeah. 
without breaking my house, which was because I, I ran out in the middle of the night and pulled stuff away from big windows. Like, it's so dangerous, but I couldn't just sit there and be like, yep, it's going to jack shit up if I don't do something. So yeah. Yeah. it's snowing and I'm chainsawing a tree that's fall across, fell across the road. But it's not all the way across, but I don't want a car to hit it because they didn't see right. it. So I chainsaw it really fast, throw it, like drag it into my yard, then run to clearing so I don't get a tree dropping on me. Right. Yeah. And so the whole Ooh. time my girlfriend's asleep and I was just like, I got done. I came in. I walked in my bedroom like, you won't believe. And she's just out cold. You're like the abominable snowman at yeah. that point. Yeah. And she's like, the next day we wake up and I was like, Go look outside. Go look out the side, the front door. Just go like, look babe, out. babe, go check it Just out. <laughs> don't, no, don't even talk. Right? Just go. She's like, all right. She does like, oh my god. And I was like, yeah, you slept through all that. And I kind wow. of explained that whole situation. Where I just told you what I did because I heard one <laughs> crash in the backyard. Because I was up in my here in my office, and I came. I think I was working on a radio show, and like I heard something go down in the back my backyard and I have a lot of trees in my backyard. I'm like, what is that noise? My, and I it's thought like it was inside cat. the house, but that was my cat. It's like, what's going on? So I look out the back and I was like, if that's in my backyard, my front yard's gotta be Matt. And it was, yes, the pictures, if you know, yeah, on Facebook, it was yeah. crazy. And that took your mind. I had no idea. I never, I don't think I thought one bit about COVID while cleaning that all up, dealing with all that. Like, the whole town didn't. We had huge right. dump fights. Like we were fortunate, we know a guy that's got a truck and a, a trailer that's got a dump trailer. So we load it up and you don't have to deload it. It was, we got it pretty cleared. He came over and he thought I had everybody's trees from the neighborhood. I was like, no, that's just mine. Yeah. It, it's crazy. I show people now and I'm like, it's so they're like, it doesn't do it justice when you looked at it online. Now it looks like right. now because other branches have fallen since because they were hung up in other trees. So right. every day it gets windy. You're like, Oh, here we go. What's my, yeah. yard? and now like, like everyone else under lockdown or whatever, my yard working on it. It's the greenest it's ever been. It's like I'm <laughs> meticulous with it now. So I'm paying attention. Branch falls and out there grabbing that branch. <laughs> so like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm that guy. Like we have a we have a we got a little swimming pool, like a three foot tall swimming pool. Right. It's gotten hot the last two weekends. It's a hot day, so we're like both of us just sit in the swimming pool for a little bit. I'll work on like sprinkler. Like, if you got to be home, <laughs> might as well make your home a fun place. And right. So I bought a PlayStation. Bought a PlayStation Four. So I'm never <laughs> bored. Like my time. I was like, it's mostly because I'm like, well. If there's not going to be an NFL season, which is what I love, and that's a lot of the reasons why I mask up, I because I want there to be a season. I want everybody to get football. And I was like, well, if there's not going to be a season, I can play one on PlayStation 4. I will get up Sundays and I'll play my team during the time period against the team they should have played. I will make it up. So, but it, I, I can't believe how far PlayStations have come since like two the version two to now four do internet stuff. All the streaming services are through it. And so, yeah. Crazy. I, all of the gaming world is like massive now, which yeah. I, I literally, when I was a kid, there was like, what, like Mario brothers, like, or even going further back, it was like Pong and like Sorry. stuff like that. 
Atari, like, and now, you know, my boyfriend's two kids, they, like, they literally, they, there's computers, like, just for gaming. I was like, wait, what? Like, what the hell for? Like, I, like, in my mind, I'm like, I have to, I'm going to go walk somewhere or go to the water or, or be in the yard. So they, that doesn't make sense to me. But in their defense, like, that's the world. That's the way of the world. That's, like, certainly their world. And I can't say much for the world we've created for them. So hopefully they know what they're doing more than we know what we, what we thought world. we were doing. Virtual yeah, exactly. is a little, little fun right now, more than the real one. Yeah, it's not. Uh, I got in computers. My dad and stepmom were like four, on the forefront of bringing computers into the schools they taught at in Oregon. So I was kind of the first one they you know, would teach. Mm-hmm, <laughs> teach our kid. And, and then I became like a teacher in class. And Me. so I was on that until I moved to Wyoming. And I didn't have them in my lives like that all the time. And I, I think my computer fried. And so that shot me into more, oh, okay, I'm going to be outside. And we lived in an area in Laramie by the Laramie River. So mm-hmm. like, I totally tuned out that world. And I was like, man, I could be a millionaire by now if I had stuck with this programming. <laughs> totally. like, but it's totally. like a lot of people told me that went into that world, they're like, God, it's so much like computer, like it's indoor time. And you're just not all about being indoors. I'm like, I know I can't. Like, I got it. I know I work in technology, but... There's times, yeah, I got to walk down to the lake. I got to walk, you know, take a hike. Or I'm, I'm all about that. Like, I'm not all about technology 24. It's fascinating. It's cool. I know how to plug things in, but it's not always the way. And I like a good video game here and there, but it's not my life. My and computer so, breaks or my phone doesn't do what it's supposed to do. And yeah. I literally, it'll bring me to tears and frustration. <laughs> I have to go to Verizon or like the Apple store and I will literally like start scratching and like sweating. <laughs> like I have a very strong distaste for any of that stuff. And I love that people can figure it out because I know those people by name at the Verizon store and the oh. Apple store <laughs> because it is not me. I'm like, oh, in fact, that was my son. He's probably not going to hear this interview, um, but that was maybe one of the saddest things when he finally went out from underneath my wing. Like I lost the person who would help me with technology. Like that yeah. hurt more than anything. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, don't leave. I need you to hook my cable up and do all these things. It wasn't, it was a whole empty nest paranoia. It was not that. It was like, I lost the cable guy when my kid moved <laughs> or, or when, when he wasn't with me. Yeah. My parents were some of the four, like I said, like mom said, <laughs> we're on the forefront of technology in their schools and such. And they're teaching, my stepdad was a bit, he's still a big mentor in my life through my broadcasting degree and just his grasp of technology and stuff. And to, they retire, all retired and they just lost all, like that knowledge stopped then. And so I get the calls like, how do you, and I, I know I'm, because I've been trained up in the world of troubleshooting and all that stuff, I can be like, I can write out simple instructions that aren't, offensive that say you're dumb for not knowing that right. yeah you're just good enough to be like okay try this but it's simple enough right and you have to always say oh this if it's too i'm sorry if it's simple i just I, i'm so used to writing this kind of stuff for people that are not good with technology and they're like oh no it's great you have us out the bed you're better than your sisters because they get so frustrated I'm like, <laughs> kind of what i do I, I can't get frustrated with a, a, a instructor no, right. Don't tell my boss. So no, no. Yeah. I was like, 
So I got to keep it good. And so it's like, I know technology enough. I can't fix your computer. Like that's a tough one. I'm not the guy that can dive in and, or fix a phone. That's those different worlds of programming technology that, but I'm more like what plugs into your computer, what kind of monitors, your, your TV setup, your audio setup, you know, cameras, those are my like specialty in the technology world. Can you get Netflix on a smart TV? Cause I, that's the yeah. level that I'm at, Justin. <laughs> and I, that's, I literally, my mind works video thing that's like you play video games it's like called jackbox i think or yeah. something like that huh. and i was playing this with my son and his fiance and they got it on their tv and her parents came over so it was like you know the in-laws and like all of us and then i thought this is really fun because you use your phone as the controller okay. but the game the game is on the tv and it's some app that you download if you have the right kind of TV and the right type of whatever cable type thing again. So I thought, well, this will be easy when I go home, I want to get this so that we can play it with my daughter and my boyfriend and his two kids. Like this will be super fun. So we try to get it on the TV and like, um, my son, God love him is trying to explain. He's just like, okay, mom. So, well, what kind of TV and do you have this service? And I'm just like, I don't know. Like I'm literally like almost hyperventilating, freaking out. My daughter, she's just like, just talk to me, Taylor. Like I, he, she's not going to figure it out. So the, the 10 year old and the 27 year old are trying to figure it out. It didn't work, but uh, because I was, forget it. We'll just watch Netflix. I don't care. Like, again, it's too much work for me. I was <laughs> pairing my phone like I compare my phone to my PlayStation 4 and it, I was like, it just works like another controller. And I just wanted to be able to send my phone to the PlayStation 4 so I could use an app on my phone on my TV. It used to work that way. Net, I could do that on Fire Sticks with the have Netflix and everything like that. And so, but I was like, oh, I kind of understand the, the apps you're using there, but that's new to me. I look it up on Google. I'm like, uh, I, how do I do this? How do I, Pair my PlayStation. You let me know. (laughs) How do I pair my phone with my yeah TV Apple Smart TV? I look up stuff all the time. YouTube has been my next best friend that helps me too. I'm stuck. Yeah. You're like, how do you know all this stuff? Like YouTube or like you just searched on the internet. You're not the only one that has problems out there. (laughs) YouTube is the answer. All yeah. So all right. (laughs) About to wrap this up, I always ask this question to wrap up the show. For How sure. did we meet? Because, well, the show is called All My Friends. I was actually explaining that story earlier. I can't, I, I think I might have got a glitch in the story. Did we meet through Carol or did Definitely. we meet through Greg? Greg Grisham? Gino? Greg... I know that guy, yeah. No, okay. we definitely met through Carol. Okay, all right. For sure. Because I was like, I think that he's friends with Craig and that we met because Greg played football for UW and I thought, okay, he's got it. He's in that group. Like there's got to be that connection. But then I was like, wait a minute. I distinctly remember like, gosh, we were at like UW games and we went, we've been at shows together. So I'm like, wait a minute. How did we? I was thinking about that. Like, I wonder if it was maybe through Carol, which is funny Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to uh, go ahead. I think you're going to probably say the same thing I'm about to say. So go ahead. Which was funny. No, I was just out when I, last time I was out in Cheyenne, I stopped by Carol's place with, yeah. with a girlfriend of mine. 
And I'd actually, like, we just caught up really quickly. And I remember my, my partner's name, his name was Carol. So I'm like, what are the odds that I would have, like, A, my boyfriend, and B, like, a, a, just a friend of yeah. another boyfriend, a different kind of boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was kind of so we were visiting for a little bit just about life and just where life's taking us. But, I, yeah, when you asked me, like, how did we meet? Like, I think that it was – I figured it was either to Greg or Carol. But Carol? It was, and maybe Zenith a little bit? Zenith? Yeah, Zenith. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what I mean. I think, I mean, you might've been at UW football games first, but I think I remember like being all together and yeah, seeing it being around and I was like lawyers, you know? Yeah. Oh, got the two loud- of them. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No. And yeah, those were just like fun times. Just super fun times. Yeah. And we went to, yeah. Big head Todd. Went to the CSU game. That's so cold. Yeah. Yeah. And, you, and we went to in the, in the show, didn't we? Yeah, Big Head Todd. Yeah. Yeah, and I can't remember. Um, gosh, I can't remember um, who else was at that show. There was a bunch of us, just like a big group we, of us that was yeah, there. Yeah, well, we had a campsite, and it's like the guys, um, well, most like my friends from Buffalo that I went to college with, that we kind of started to sing out. My best, one of my best friends, he does the radio um cowboy joe radio he started that station that i'm on and so he set up this whole big ed todd thing and it started off that campsite and they got bigger and bigger and more people and inviting everybody and carol i carol I, it was interesting i was shocked that he wouldn't be on it because we were camping and he was right he wouldn't camp he was like no no the camper no <laughs> and so but like so I was like, wow. But he's like, yeah, I love Big Ed Todd. It still is ringtone. I'm like, yeah, okay. And yeah. so I've, this was the first year I was about to sit out. Like, I know there's no concerts or anything. I was not going right. to go this year because it was Tia, my girlfriend's 40th, the weekend before, usually Big Head Todd. And we were going uh-huh. to New Orleans. And I was like, I can't do New Orleans, Big Head Todd, and then widespread panic later in the month. Like, like it's a lot of money. And I'm not missing widespread panic. I'll tell you that one first. <laughs> I've seen right, right. Big Head Todd 10 years straight. Right. Same weekend. And I've probably been the constant. Maybe Carol's second to me. Right. Uh, I've been the constant. And the, so it was weird. It was on YouTube this year. And they they did oh. a show at Red Rocks. They pre-taped it. And the, I mean, they played later. They're like, we're not there right now. Wow. This is from earlier in the week. So you can't, don't sneak in or anything. And it was so stripped down, like there's none of the banners and the speakers, and it was just and they're facing each other in a circle on the stage. It was such a it was a great show. I mean, I I mean, like their music and everything, but it was the that became I'm not gonna see a concert this year. That was my basically the realization of that's just not gonna happen this year. I would love to such a weird feeling, like for me. When all that started coming down, I was like, okay, all the shows are canceled. Okay, all the shows are canceled. But then the reality of that started sinking in and I'm just like, oh, the fucking shows are canceled. And then I really was just like, it's sort of been like, I wanna go to this or I wanna do this. And then I'm like, oh, I can't, oh, I can't, oh, I can't. Like, And that's just like the worst, like feeling like it's just, you just, it doesn't even exist. 
And I like music from all genres. I literally just called the San Francisco Opera today and they refunded my money for the entire season. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, wow, like nothing. We went to Cheyenne and watched Garth Brooks at the drive-in at Terry Bison Ranch. They set up a drive-in mm-hmm. there. They do a couple different shows, but his was like simulcast to a bunch of different drive-ins around the United States. It's a show they did somewhere by no fan. Mm-hmm. But it was, okay. it was Garth Brooks. I mean, it was great, and, but you're sitting out there. And it's kind of the feeling of it, but also I'm like, wow, there's a lot of people here. Like, uh-huh. you know, they step back. You know, I mean, we're all, you're all in your car. Well, you could sit outside your cars, but you weren't mixing up with other groups or talk, you know. If I was yeah. going to the bathroom, I was masking up and all that. Right. But that was kind of another time where I was like, oh, is this how it's going to be? Like, Artists are going to perform, you know, a concert and they're just going to release it and we're going to watch it or drive in. It's like we feel together or luckily a lot of the bands I like have been doing like free streams of their concerts from the past. Okay. Like Watch Your Panics, always on Sundays on a show, a network called Nugs TV. Never miss mm-hmm. a Sunday show they call. Most of the Sunday shows I'm like, yeah, I was there. And mm-hmm. uh, Mo does... That was the first concert that canceled on me. I was supposed to be in Fort Collins for that one on my birthday in March. And that was the first one to go down. But they do like Mo Mondays. Fish does like mo- uh, dinner and a movie. Uh-huh. So a lot of bands I like have been putting that. I'm like, but this can't last forever. They got to make some money. So, I mean, like, a lot of them are filthy rich. But this, the bands that aren't, they rely on the touring. They're yeah. struggling. And I was like, we got to figure I, I don't know how it's going to work. Um but I'm glad that I don't have to make those decisions. Right. So, well, they're very real, very big, very, yeah. Imp- very, yeah. <laughs> they're very complicated decisions for sure. Yeah. But I hope we come out the other end. Well, at least some of us, better people. Like. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, more gratitude for whatever it is you needed to have gratitude for, whether or not it's for your free time or whether or not it's for your job. Cause there are some people that are just like, Oh, <laughs> I haven't had a job. I kind of missed that. And then there are other people that are just like, Oh, I haven't had free time. I've missed that. So, I mean, you can go any way you want to go, but I hope that, yeah, those people really truly, and just slowing down. Like you were talking about earlier about like the, the impacts or, you know, how the environment sort of shaped up in certain ways that, you know, maybe, we didn't think we're going to happen so quickly, but just being mindful of those things. I mean, more conscientious for sure. I, on one of my radio shows, jamming with DJ Root every Thursday night on Cowboy Joe radio, get a little plug there right now. Um, (laughs) I give tips and I've been doing it for a while. Like they're mostly like self-help tips, like things. I'm not telling people like what to do with their lives. They're like, these are tips. And I've, since the pandemic has been going on, I give tips like, Hey, let's work on stuff while we're sitting at our houses. How do we, you know, more motivated, how to be positive people, how to declutter your place, how to like, you know, so, like, tips like that, nothing like you have to do this or you'll be a bad person. It's like, why can't we come out of this, not wasted time, but come out better people? Hey, oh, wait, wow, this, we learned that it's just us that it directly affects the environment. Well, maybe I'll, you know, change my views, my role in the environment now. I'd love if people saw that. Um, first but yeah yeah. yeah, it'd be nice if people come out of it with a better attitude more optimistic but i don't know some people will just remain the same but i know there's a lot of people that are working on themselves and 
if I can give him a, a path to working on some things, great. I do the stuff. I, I'll be like, hey, I'm working on the same things myself. Um, I'm, no, I'm not a perfect person. I was like, so I'll ask people, do they help? Did they help? Did those tips help? Helped me. And that's where I think okay. I got going with the anxiety. Like magnesium. Magnesium. I started figuring out like what to look into. Magnesium, once again, I'm not I mean, it's those kind of tips because I was like trying to struggle with my own issues and stuff. And I was like, yeah. well, maybe I'm not alone in this boat. And so right. that's why also I put out this podcast because I want to entertain and it's a platform that I know how to do. I might not be out there. I can't go out and protest with people right now because my immune system's not up to par because of diabetes. So I try to, you know, do it from afar, but yeah. people are at home, they need entertainment. They need to take their mind off the news. They need to stop watching the news and listen to this podcast. And so I'm like, this is entertainment. This is what I can do. Bring some, you know, just interesting people to the world and their stories. And it's also made me go, wow, some really cool friends. They tell some great stories. Like <laughs> it's been great to catch up too, to check in on, Oh, for sure. You're out in California. I've checked in with people down in Texas, you know, out in uh, New York, up in Montana. And so like, this is, this is a great way to check in and see like, okay, everybody's going through the same kind of struggles, still the same thing. I know everybody has a different area and have to deal with different kind of quarantine, but we're all feeling it. And, and, yeah. yeah. And we're all, my friends all seem to be on the same page. At least I'm, I haven't ran into like the definite one people like, it's a hoax or anything like that we're all on the same page so i don't know if i can yeah. run a podcast that i someone going off the deep end like that i don't know it'd be good for it might be good for listenership but not for my soul. Not for my soul. <laughs> yeah for sure well i'm gonna wrap it up i want to thank you for being on all my friends with justin flash Group. for sure thank you justin appreciate it take care Well, I didn't realize the podcast was going that long until I put it all together when I did some editing and such, added the intro, the music, and everything. And I was like, wow, that is a long podcast. But I didn't realize it as time flew by as we were doing it. It was great. And I want to thank Melissa for being on the show. And I also want to ask you for music. Folks, I've been asking for this for a long time. I want intro and outro music, maybe a theme song. If you're an artist or you know an artist that's capable of doing that, I would definitely feature that music on the show. I use samples now. I'm not that good to play that kind of guitar riff or bass riff. I would love those guitar riff, bass riff, DJ riff, you know, scratching records, um, acapella stuff I'd be even into. But I'd love to feature your music on the show as an intro and outro music. So if you're that artist, let me know via social media and such. Or if you know my digits, text me. Uh, my social media, DJ Rude Entertainment on Facebook is a great way to get a hold of me. I have a Twitter account. It's at Jammin, J-A-M-M-I-N underscore DJ underscore Rude. I got Instagram. If you find yourself on Instagram, you know me there. Uh, El Rude Reno is my Instagram. So check that out. Um, leave me a message if you want to give me some music. I also have Snapchat, uh, Rudezilla68 on Snapchat. So you can be like, hey, I want you to play my music on your show. 
Now, before I end this podcast, Melissa kind of talked about working in wine. And well, we didn't get into that part of her life during the podcast. Maybe next time with her, because I really don't know much about wine. So it'd be a great podcast. I'd learn a whole lot. She manages Les and Cheney Claypool's Purple Pachyderm Wine Room. Now, if you don't know the name Les Claypool, go look him up now. I'm a big fan, and I'm sure Melissa has a few stories to tell about that place. All right, folks, on to the next episode.